Welcome to the Bashful Clam Presents What Are You Eating? This is the show where each week we interview a new guest and ask the hard questions about how food plays a role in their lives. There are games, snacks, and a whole lot of fun. In this week's episode, we are joined by my longtime friend and chef mentor, David Glass. David is the chef de cuisine at the acclaimed restaurant Eden Hill at the top of Queen Anne here in Seattle. Anyone who knows David knows that he's a big personality and an even bigger falsetto singing voice, and we had an absolute blast having him at our table. I was pretty excited to have David because he's a good friend of ours, and we hadn't seen each other for a while, so you might notice that in um, my contribution to this episode, but we are so excited to have him on the show. Uh, Thanks for being here, and without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome, friends and accomplices, to another episode of The Bashful Clam Presents, What Are You Eating? Uh, We are here with my dear friend, David Glass. David, welcome. Thank you, Michael. Great to be here. Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I've known known David for quite a few years. Um, When I was first kind of beginning my career, uh, I started working at the Ethan Stoll restaurant Red Cow. Um, where David had just become uh, sous chef and kind of helped them uh, be the opening team to get that place started. Um, Red Cow was kind of the first, uh, my first introduction to like a real quality kitchen, some place that had, you know, a lot of, <laughs> um, it, ha- it, 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 the, the standards were higher than I've ever worked with and it made me appreciate the food that we were doing a lot more. And David was a big part of that, and, you know, that whole crew got me excited about, you know, the whole world of food and, you know, what, what we could learn. Um, our friendship kind of continued on, and we, you know, stayed connected through food. David was always a fun resource to reach out to whenever I had questions or, you know, problems I was trying to solve or new menu items I was coming up with. I'd ask advice, and he'd always be there, and it was great. And, um few years later, um, after, after bouncing from a couple different restaurants, I ended up uh, working with David at Staple and Fancy, a tasting menu restaurant, um, and that was a, uh, a hard but really incredibly great job for me and, ta- and ta- taught me a lot. You know, it taught, taught me how to be versatile and, you know, you got to learn how to adapt to everybody who comes into the restaurant and really make sure that we're... Um, doing our best to give them kind of the highest, you know, hospitality ever. Um, And that was an awesome lesson that I kind of really took from David was just, you know, we are here in the hospitality business. We're here to make people have a good time and, you know, enjoy, enjoy what they're doing. Um, It's not, not worth getting as, you know, upset about as we often can be in the kitchen. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) And sometimes it's good to just kind of remember that, you know, we're doing it for the guest experience and it's a rewarding process, even though it's super hard. Um, I also, you know, it was a, it was a fun spot for me to learn from David who, you know, has quite an awesome history and has spent some time in some really awesome fine dining restaurants. Um, and uh, you were a really awesome teacher, um, Thanks, and man. it was, <laughs> you know, I I um, I had worked with some not not the best chefs <laughs> over my time, or she- chefs that really? chef- chefs that you know taught me a lot, but um, were were not great teachers. They were they were very disciplined, and you just learned the discipline and executed it, and that was it. Whereas you know, David tried to really nurture why we were doing it and why we were choosing these ingredients and you know you were the one of the first chefs that had like really like chose to focus on ordering from farms and i got to make so many great connections like libby from orange star farms who was you know one of my true favorites um and it was cool to be able to um you know just be excited about food in that way and you were you were a great teacher and it I didn't quite realize it at the time, uh, but it was very foundational in teaching me about how to be a good manager. And like, I've taken a lot of, you know, the things that you taught me to Westward because, you know, it's challenging being a chef. (laughs) A grind. Uh, And, you know, some people want to learn, some people don't, um, but you still have to get to an end goal. And, you know, it's, um, 
it's been a challenge to kind of get through, but you know, I think a lot of my cooks have, um, you know, expressed to me that they really enjoy how much they get to learn. And I think that that's a cool part of what we do. And, you know, I want to thank, thank you for being a part of that. Cause that, that was, that's pretty, pretty been, it's been pretty fundamental for me. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very, very kind. And, uh, kind of the, the most important thing to me now as a chef is seeing my people grow and teach other people and get better and spread knowledge and just be the best industry we can be. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, since since then, you know, uh, David and I have you know stayed stayed friends. We were you know um, both of us were at each other's weddings. Uh, I sang uh, "Bump and Grind" at his <laughs> at his wedding at about five p.m. <laughs> In front of all of my family, it was fantastic. It was so so good. Because <laughs> I don't see nothing. Because <laughs> it was one, one, one of the best uh, karaoke <laughs> moments we had. Yeah. And you know we've we've had we've had some fun times doing little private events and oh, yeah. cook, cooking together since and you know I've I've enjoyed our our relationship that built over food and you know all that all that food can bring. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, you know your story and oh, yeah. you know, how 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 you got here and what you've been working on? For sure, yeah, I am. Uh... Went to the Culinary Institute of America in New York right after high school. Uh, did that whole deal and uh, worked at Cyrus, which was a two-star spot up in Healdsburg, California, which has been closed but just reopened, uh, and it's awesome. Uh, that was kind of where I learned discipline. They had huge recipe manuals, probably 11 stations in the restaurant. What's so, a recipe manu- manual? Oh, so the, what you just said? Yeah, okay. the, the, the stations would have individual folders that would have every recipe for that station for oh. those dishes on the menu like like down, like, down to the gram like i'm, I'm sure like so gram. precise this dude drew glassell <laughs> the the chef uh, with doug keen he was they were just organized and on top of it and the menu wouldn't change crazy frequently but it was super consistent and that's where i learned like okay you cooked that john dory perfectly I need that for 60 people tonight and then for the next three months. <laughs> and every piece, of, every piece of fish got pried open from the back to check because there was the chef and the sauce sous chef plating all the food. You didn't plate anything. Okay, so you, you, you were just cooking that piece of fish. And I'm passing. I was killing lobsters to order. So, so order, would, order would come in, open up my drawer, yeah. twist the tail off, take it, split it in half, get it into a, a pan with like just barely melted butter and baste it and cook it for like six minutes with like this cauliflower couscous. But yes. I had someone else doing that. that I, all I had to do was cook fish. That was wow. my that was my life. He would come in. For three make, months. On make, repeat. I mean, I worked that station probably six months. Yeah, you're in a refrigerated room for your prep day with all the fruit and then cryovac machines and sinks and really nice. And then you'd prep in that area. Then you go to the service kitchen and you'd just cook fish perfectly on <laughs> scallops like and i'm telling you if you messed up one piece of fish on an a top refire it, it was not a, it wasn't a open for debate uh and so that's where you i learned like this is what people going for three michelin stars this is the attitude they have uh, uh, so i'm, I'm just curious because i you know I, I work with you know a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cooks and, come through the kitchens and you know like it's it's hard to train somebody to do something perfect every time you know, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's it's a skill um you know what what would happen like middle of you know busy night rush you just start messing up like a few I mean, in a row i mean i have some horse do you want to hear a horse so we had halibut on the menu and it was uh you butcher it break it down to maybe 30 gram 40 gram portions okay. uh brine them and then cry back them with a little bit of butter and then we cook them in a bath order okay. really gentle tender I learned a lesson that you always need to make sure brine is cold, ice cold. Okay. Because I was in the shits and uh, cursing. Yeah, yeah, totally fine. I was in the shits and did not allow my brine. I didn't. I messed up my ratio of ice. Okay. So I couldn't put any more ice, or else it would dilute it too much. Sure. But it was too warm. So I tried to cool it down, but I did not have enough time. So I put them in the, the fish in there, normal amount of time. Yeah. Poached them. And we had a guest say it was salty. And then another one. And then the chef came over and tasted one. And then I had the sous chef peeled off. We had another halibut in the back, broke it down, cryovacked him, got me portions, and from there we we had it. And that was actually a time they didn't they didn't come down on me because they could tell how pissed I was at myself and, sure. and the mistake I made and like yelling at me at that point wasn't gonna help. But I mean, with like 
we do ch crispy chicken thighs and if I, I was learning how to do it and I sandbagged too many and I was too up on them and yeah. the chef just came over and threw them away and it, it was just as simple as that like this isn't what I need from you this is not going to be as good for the guests as I want it to be so yeah. it's going in the garbage and you're going to start getting some pans hot and figuring it out and that that was that was that's how you learn that there's no compromise yeah. when you're trying to do that and that's the game we play with cooking of what's worth what's worth not you know, not being executed to the to the level that we want for the price point and the the expectations of our guests. And yeah. it's a constant grind of like, how do you? Where do you? Where do? You, where's the cutoff? You know? It's a high science. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, you get get a piece of ch uh, fish skin a little crispy. It's like, is that? Is that? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. So, um, so I did that. I went to Manresa, also two stars in uh, Los Gatos. That's no longer open. That's where I really learned the importance of farms and connections and quality. We get, I mean, I was breaking down three whole lambs a week uh, and baby. All, all like from the area? Yeah, yeah. From, um, God, it will probably come to me, but a famous sure. <laughs> uh, 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 lamb, lamb uh, person up there. And then uh, they had the Love Apple Farms, which is like a, I think, eight-acre farm that they get deliveries two or three times a week. And it would yeah. just be the, the farm would farm order would be there. Everybody would stop what they're doing. We'd start pulling out probably three of those big white coolers and then a bunch of flats of live microgreens and dry goods and stuff from that. Um, so they have that Love Apple Farms uh, that would get orders three days a week from that big white coolers full of lettuces and produce and the most beautiful tomatoes you've ever imagined. Does the chef do a lot of ordering or is it like the farm just sends you what's good and you kind of create the menu from there? They do planning. When I was there, they had a cl close enough relationship and how the dynamic from my understanding worked. It was a partnership and they would have meetings throughout the year to plan for the next quarter or the next summer or what we like from this year and what we want to repeat next year. That's and then awesome. the and then the chef and C D C would have the ability to write the menus based around what they're expecting the farm to be growing. Like Celtus, you know, something that isn't the most common thing. Yeah. But if you're on a schedule and you know you want it for a month for this item, then you can produce enough and then be able to serve this beautiful vegetable that's not, you know, an everyday lettuce yeah yeah uh, and real quick for our listeners cdc is chef de, chef de cuisine uh yeah. trying try to make sure every, every, yeah. everybody knows what we're talking about because there <laughs> might be some people like eleanor who doesn't know what most of this stuff is normies yeah the normals <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah there was also you were saying something about stars yeah is oh, that i yeah. just want to make sure is that michelin yeah stars? so michelin, okay. michelin guide that um doesn't doesn't rate in seattle or the northwest but uh, all throughout california and canada and the world right yes um so manresa was great to learn the importance of starting with quality produce because at cyrus the recipes the discipline the execution was enough to take maybe not the greatest tomato but serve it in a way confit and sesame oil okay. where it's really delicious but you don't need that perfect tomato to be doing that process with uh but at Manresa, the minimalization of the food and the highlight highlighting the ingredients spoke to me and I was like and that's where I first wanted to work after school but they they were understandably like yeah we're full right now and you should probably get some more experience before and if I got if I went there first I would have been fucked yeah because I, I didn't have that backbone that knowledge of this is how you execute it right because there I'd come in like make celery celery root puree and I'm like okay how do you, they're like just make it with some dairy I'm like cool and I'll figure it out and it's not like okay I want you to take six celery roots two onions a pound of butter sweat that add that and then after that a cartouche so there were no recipes at all super loose so you had okay. to you had to have some kind walking in there as a, as a you know right out of culinary school I wouldn't have been able to take advantage or learn as much as I was able to in the time of my career yeah uh, so that was great and then moved up to Seattle can I can I just add yeah. one thing to that like I it's it's so interesting just thinking about how every kitchen kind of chooses to run it, you know, the way that oh, it, yeah. it needs to run. Because when I when I started Westward, you know, I had worked for you for a long time. I had worked, you know, a lot of VSR chefs and a lot of chefs that I know, you know, sometimes just put little scratchy notes down on paper. You know, some of them just don't write recipes at all, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I started just kind of like, oh, yeah, just make an aioli, you know, like we'll, we'll figure it out. And then, you know, had, you know, there was some training involved, all of that. But I, I quickly realized that if I didn't have like a lot, a lot of structure, it wouldn't work because we just had people from so many different skill levels oh, that yeah. like 
instantly needed to be able to do the work that I needed them to be able to do. Um, but couldn't, you know, weren't, weren't as trained to be able to just do that. Um, and you know, that the learning curve there is just been fun. Just kind of figuring out what structure looks like for people and how, how, how to make it work for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to find the time for (laughs) me to like, I'll I'll write down recipes when I make them take a picture of it and send it off to my staff. I now have a Google doc that I keep that they they can add it to and they can add recipes uh, and just try as we, because we're changing the taste menu every month. So it's just like, you know, three recipes per four recipes per dish. That's 20 recipes every, that's almost one a day I need to be writing. Yeah. It's It's a lot. Sorry. (laughs) Figure it out. Um, yeah, and then came to Cal- or came up to Washington from California and started working with Ethan, um, and that was a great learning experience. And got my first chef gig at uh, How to Cook a Wolf, um, and I was 26, and he let me kind of do my thing there, which was really cool. And then went to Staple. That's where me and Mike worked uh, together and had a lot of fun. Uh, part of that struggle is the dietary restrictions, which is just such a such a baseline of just it is what it is at this point and there with the tasting menu and a lot of cooks not having that confidence to just be able to come up with okay i got a person that can't eat this or this and this is and that's exactly what the dish is so what am i going to do who can i go talk to what needs can i steal um and now at eden hill when the chef de cuisine uh i mean we get everything under the sun yeah, and, I bet. And, and it's, you know, we want to provide every guest with a delicious five-course meal. And uh, uh, it can be really challenging, but at the same time, it can be super rewarding. And and having, like, two vegans come in and be like, finally, we had a tasting menu that had textures and, like, had some contrast and stuff. I'm like, come on, come <laughs> back in. Like, let me let me take care of you. It really, it really teaches you to, like, be, you know, work on your toes. Like, oh, you, you got yeah. you to be ready for anything. <laughs> make, make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, after Ethan, I went to work with Meg Trainer, who owns Bounty Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, that was a kind of really great lifestyle change for a little bit, a little break from dinner service restaurants. You helped up. You helped up in the South Lake Union. Yeah, yeah, and Denny Triangle. Um, but that just didn't quite line up with what I needed creatively. So I went to go work for Max Petty, uh, who's my current uh, employer, boss, friend. Um, and I was the chef de cuisine at Eden Hill Provisions, and this was late February 2020. So I uh, was there for about three weeks. We rolled out a brand new menu that me and Max collaborated on. I got to put you like, had only been there three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> put on a brand. Put on a brand new menu. Rolled out a new brunch menu, and that Sunday, uh, you know, three weeks later on what March 16th, 17th, yeah. we sat down and uh, told everyone that uh, we were going to need to. Take a, take a pause. But we took two days off and rolled out uh, takeout burgers right when Canlis was in the yeah. height of there doing it too. Uh, and it was burger mania for, for like three months, like mania. Uh, and felt like it was a good enough model and helped transition that to Big Mac's Burger Company. Did that for a year and a half. Uh, I had a kid during all that. And so <laughs> having a job that was at Big Mac's, which was a little less demanding mentally at times was really nice to be there for my little Hattie girl be there for my wife Coco Um, and then there was an opportunity at Eden Hill and Coco was really encouraging and I wanted to kind of get back into cooking some badass food Uh, so I've been doing that for pretty much a year on the dot hell yeah 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 uh, what's what what what's your favorite thing on the menu, now? or what what's the thing you're most jazzed about? Ooh, well, I love peppers. Okay, so we have a best time of year for them. Oh my god, it's <laughs> st- when you look at these farm fresh sheets and you're like, okay, what what should I what shouldn't I order? Because I just want to get everything, but you know, Eden Hill no walk in. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, no, no walk in, no walk in. How do you do that? Just low just, boys. We have like three stand up coolers uh, in the back area, and then low boys. Is it just a space thing? Yeah, yeah, spacing. How many that. how many seats do you have in the restaurant? Well, with the it's twenty four seat inside. Okay, but then with the patio, it could be like another ten to twelve. You know, if they're sat, you know, they can sit up to six people, but rarely is it four six tops. And you do two seating tonight. Twenty twenty four seat, ten outside. So that's you know. 70, 75, 80 a night? Yeah, yeah. Like a busy nights are 70, 75 is, is pushing. That's, but like That's a lot of covers to yeah. not have a walk-in. And we're doing, you know, every person's getting six to seven plates for their tasting menu. Like last night probably did 65 covers or so. Okay. Uh, so it can be definitely challenging and, and has to limit how you write and design the menu. 
uh, to, to make sense in a space like that. Yeah. Uh, but, but tell, think, tell me about peppers. Yeah, so think the, the dish I put on last night that was super well-received, and I, I dig the vibe, um, little Mediterranean black cod. So like ratatouille with uh, peeled sun-gold tomatoes, kind of making that pulpiness with the fresh eggplant and squash. Nice. And then the seared fish made like a pepernata with pickled Jimmy Nardello's and Castelvetrano olives. Hell like yeah. mint and basil in there and a little quenelle of that on top. Uh, habanadas, are you familiar with those? I am. They're yeah. fucking great. <laughs> yeah. They bred habaneros to not have any spice to them. So you get this crazy fruitiness from them, but none of the capsaicin, none of that burn. And it's got like this just subtle hint of citrus. Yeah. Like it's just, it's like a bright pepper flavor. Yeah. So, so I got some of those in, uh, five pounds of them, and I just charred them off uh, pretty, pretty, pretty hard and let them steam and then pureed them with sherry vinegar nice. with all the skins and all that to balance out that sweetness from the peppers, that kind of almost mole-esque flavor by the end of it. Yeah. But so that puree and then some focaccia we're making in-house and just frying up little croutons of that to match the size of the zucchini and eggplant that are sauteed. <laughs> so you have that to soak up all that like – and then we make like a little fish we made out of the black cod bones and okay. pick up that ratatouille with some butter and those the juice from those sun golds to kind of tighten it all up. I love using black cod for fumet. It, yeah. It's like it's like ten percent fattier than every other fish yeah. that I usually use, and so it just like gets just viscous. Yeah, and awesome. you can get that jelly <laughs> that jelly with black cod bones versus yeah. uh, and and not quite the intensity for me as like a salmon stock, which can be a little bit on the kind of fishy that red fishy kind of uh, smell. Yeah. So yeah, no. So I was stoked on that one last night, and uh, hopefully uh, we keep on selling them. Hell yeah. Uh, I love it. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this thing. Uh, uh, we're gonna start uh, the new segment, snack of the week. Uh, so every week we ask our guests to bring a snack. Uh, there is no restriction to what they can bring, as long as they consider it a snack. Uh, we are going to taste them. We are going to talk about them, and I'm very excited. David, what did you bring for your snack of the week? So. I mean, I don't know if there's a better snack than chips and dips. <laughs> okay. And I'm in. Chips I'm here. I'm dips. here uh, visiting you guys in White Center. Yep. And whenever I come to White Center, I make time to get some tacos. Yeah. Okay. Because y'all have legit Mexican <laughs> food here. Do you have a favorite? Um, can can mm, can't remember the name of it. I went to Tacos Jalisco today, which okay. is. Super close, five minutes from here. Yeah. And it was great. The carnitas, perfectly crisp with the juicy juice. The langua was tender, but had some flavor to it. Um, and then I got, they have like a little avocado tomatillo salsa, a little okay. roasted salsa. Okay. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of beans and queso, but there's some sure. beans and queso okay. on there. Beans and queso. Um, okay. And I was thinking I'm going to be on a podcast. Let's, get a, let's yeah. get a chip that you can hear. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, get, let's get a snack that you can hear. So, uh, do I dig in? Do you dig yeah, in? Yeah, I mean, we, 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 we both dig in. So, we're, 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 we're going to start with the guac, and we are 100% going to cheers our chips. And I then just dig right in. Oh, yeah. Making a mess, right? Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm. That's some bright guac. Yep. Nice and bright. A little, a little finer puree than. Uh, and I like it. I like a little more texture with the avocado. You, you, the, like, you like a little more chunk? I, I, I want like to break a chip every once in a while because there's that <laughs> big of a hunk in my guacamole. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I love that fattiness of, I mean, avocado. <laughs> yeah, like a BLT salad on the tasting menu right now with an avocado mousse on it. I just love Yes. Mm. Doing a, do a little like ISI. Hmm. It's like a basically whipped cream canister. No, this, is, this isn't um, aerated like that. But this was a recipe I learned at Cyrus of just like you start with ice in your blender uh, and you throw your avocados in and emulsify olive oil and lime juice. And it's so simple, but it's just like craveable. Like, I, put yeah. it on, I put it on bread all day long. <laughs> yeah. What is your go-to when it comes to chips and dips? Um, I love the Juan, Juanitas, uh, yes. I think is the brand with the yeah. red the red logo. Yep. I think those chips are banging. Um and for dips, t I tend to just make some guacamole if I'm gonna. Oh, okay. like, that's my that's definitely my go-to. Or, um, you know, Trader Joe's. Sure. We I don't love Trader Joe's chips. Sure. Little, 
Michael doesn't really like most Trader Joe's. What? I know. Isn't it shocking? <laughs> and I try to bring Dude. stuff home all the time. And I should have brought some. It. I mean, controversial. I know. The, the majority of my snacking is Trader Joe's. Yes, <laughs> they have the best snacks of all the things that you can eat from Trader Joe's. Snacks are where it's at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Michael's very much a chips and salsa. Ah, yes. Person. Do you have a salsa brand that you're always going after? I mean, I usually do paste. Like that's like oh. it's it, but mostly because it's American. Well, it's 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 like it's <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, it's it's what uh, it's you know just what I ate as a kid, yeah. and and often like when we lived overseas in like the kind of like American stores that we had access, it was usually the only brand, and so it was like American. okay, this is my, this is this is my salsa. Oh, um, I like to make my own. I did ha- make a batch of Sun Gold salsa this Ooh, year um, from some, some Sun Golds in the in the yard. Some cayenne that turned out really good. Yeah. Uh, we're we're making our way through some of these sauces, the yeah. like the jalapeno, cilantro, kind of vinegar Tomatini hot sauce. Kind of, yeah. I'm I'm into that. Yeah, that's I was dousing that on my tripe taco uh, at lunch. With tripe, nice. Yeah. And what 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 is this other one? No, no. Green. That little, that little bar. Great. Spicy sauce. Oh. So this is a spicy roasted. Yeah, it's zingy. Yeah. Yeah. Hits hits, hits you in the back taste mm-hmm. buds. Mm. Hot sauce. That's mm. right. <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna go in for one of one of these yeah, chip, get, beans get, and queso. Just, just no one asked me see that I'm gonna on. share. My go-to with um, <laughs> chips and dip is um, queso. Oh, is there a place or a I type of queso, queso you love? Um, I, I any. I will eat yes. yeah, any kind, truly. Um, I mean, of course, I'll eat like the kind that. What is it like? Um, like in a jar or whatever yeah. that's like basically Velveeta. Velveeta. Yeah. but um, I prefer my preference is like a true queso like, like white queso oh so yeah good. you should go to Teal Babies in Fremont they have banging you, Will used to be the show yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you, I, I, I haven't been in yet but I, I, saw, I saw that he opened and if you like said. queso I would put theirs okay. up against any of yeah. it's on Stoneway right yep yeah Hell yeah. And uh, they've got like a late night happy hour too. Oh, they got all sorts of, yeah. I mean, they're definitely the bar, the kind of more bar focused. Sure. But, uh, great snacks. And I think they have the more simple like queso and stuff available late night and stuff. Yeah. So good. So good. With a margarita? Mm. 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Salty margarita and chips is, I mean, it's a match made in heaven. Yep. Yeah, truly. Yeah, I've been staring at your snack. When are we going to crack into those? So we're we're going we're 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 to get into my snack of the week. So so my snack of the week um, is a Snickers bar. <laughs> um, the bat. I mean, I guess the background for the Snickers bar is for a, for a long time in the beginning of my career, I pretty much always had a Snickers on me at work. Uh, two, two, I, <laughs> two, two. <laughs> sometimes two, uh, just in case I got hangry and needed a snack. A living, a living commercial. <laughs> a living, a living, Michael, a living snick, Michael, can you step off? Can you step offline and have a Snickers, please? <laughs> <laughs> there would be my knife tray somewhere, somewhere, in your somewhere in my station in the low in boy. In a deli, I know, I know that popping game. Popping into the freezer, um, and I tended to if they were left, you know, over your weekend, which I, which I was, would often do. It was fair game and. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed many uh, uh, a Mike Stanley leftover Snickers. So. Yeah. And, and thank you. It, 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 it has been a, it has been a while since I've had a Snickers because I think at a certain point I just started only doing that. I yeah. would just bring them <laughs> to work and then not eat them and then just get hangry anyway. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like snickered out. But it's been long enough uh, to revisit. It's been, it's, it's been long enough to revisit. And while I was at Seven Eleven, when I got a Snickers, they also had Snickers. Ghoulish green nougat edition. So gross. Um, Gotta love it in August. And I figured, you know, for the first, the very first of the Halloween snacks, um, might as well try it. I imagine it tastes the exact same, just a little green. But <laughs> here we go. I get it. Get in there. We we'll get get, get some Snickers. I don't like that green nougat. <laughs> well, good weight. Good weight to it. Good weight. Good weight. These are these are the the two pack. Just small enough Snickers, which I think are kind of the perfect like size. size. If a fun you know? size is that big, this is what like a double make... a double fun size. <laughs> it's thicker, it's thicker. It's got some density to yeah. it. See, and this feel, really this feel... feels like an emergency snack because you can have <laughs> a second one ready to go. You know, I've yeah. seen this guy eat so many Snickers. <laughs> God, so many. Mm. Mm-hmm. You start. Oh, I started green. You started green. Hmm. Hmm. 
Does it? Do, does the green do anything, or is it just colored? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you taste that? It like is it like lime or? I'd say I could not taste. I mean, okay. I feel like I could taste it because I'm looking at it. I was yeah. secretly hoping but, it might be like a mint. Yeah. Like some some like some kind of ghouls, fun and new. <laughs> ghouls love mint. Yeah. <laughs> and the original Snickers is just so good. It's mm. it's like the perfect amount of softness. Got the perfect amount of crunch. I I'm a caramel guy. Like and I that, need caramel. That basic milk chocolate on the outside. Mm. It's arguably the best candy bar. Well, I was, mm. I was I was just gonna ask Dave like what what is your favorite candy bar? What's your go to? I mean, candy bar. I probably have to say a Snickers. Yeah. Um, but candy peanut butter M and M's put up a really good fight, and so does Reese's for for bar. My, the is, other, that, is that a, is that a go to like movie theater snack? That was the other um, snack I would have brought outside of chips and dips. Would have been popcorn and peanut butter M and M's because you mix those two things. It's the best. And you let you let those you let those M&Ms melt mm. in the popcorn not in your hands and temper mm. and you bite into it it's like an explosion mm. of peanut butter chocolate with mm. the crispy mm-hmm. shell. It's a contrast, the salty but oh, mm. so good. Yes. It's the best. I go to the movie theater sometimes just to have popcorn and peanut M&Ms and a coke. Fun fun story. While trying to mix peanut M&M's and popcorn once, Eleanor spilled the peanut M&M's, <laughs> and we were at the top of the stairs, <laughs> and so like, ding, 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 so the, I mean, the green Snickers is that just that it is just a green Snickers, yeah. um, but I am very excited because what this is the first sign of is pumpkin shaped Reese's Ooh. right around the corner. And the ratio on those, and I think it's maybe it's best. a different temper. It's like it doesn't have the crispness of the shell. Traditional Reese's, it's a little bit. Well, of a it doesn't softer. have the ridged edge, so it's just a thin mm. layer of chocolate. There's but the no... ratio is so good. So on... okay. And bunnies. Yeah. Bunnies and pumpkins are. And the, the, the Christmas yeah, the Christmas trees, trees are good. good. I'm no. Jewish. Sorry, I said I like I said I like Easter, but that's around Passover time. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and just because this used to be one of my you know go to line cooking snacks, do you have a snack that you kind of tr- gonna go to when you're oh. when you're in the middle of the shits at work? I mean, right now I've probably had a piece of Seawolf sourdough <laughs> with a slice of heirloom tomato and salt, and then Midnight Moon goat gouda uh, shaped on top of it, and okay. I probably had that four days a week for since last. tomato season started. Since I yeah three <laughs> weeks ago. Um, <laughs> But definitely bread, and I love Sea Wolf bread, and okay. the butts of their sourdough day of are just chewy and luscious. Uh, so. their, their, their baguette is, yeah, a, is, uh, a, is, a, yeah. is a go-to for me. Yeah, so a lot of bread, um, and then Trader Joe's frozen mozzarella curds, or uh, we'll get some. We'll get. We'll buy some over there because it's just down the street. We we pretty much always since we opened have had a bag of frozen dino nuggets in our freezer at yeah. work because you're you go you're always going to be ready and, and every time you put one out the entire Christmas oh, yeah. house yeah. do you guys do family <laughs> oh yeah every yeah. day yeah. but like we keep it around because there are some days when we're just getting our asses kicked yeah. so hard that at the end of the night we're like okay here's a salad and some yeah. chicken nuggets have fun yeah it you was know? one of those yeah. nights yeah <laughs> Or you know pre shift or you know oh, when I when I show up on my own to yeah. like start work you know I'll you know fry a couple you know <laughs> just <Jones> in case. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your first food memory? It could have been could be a sense anything that you kind of first remember having food be a part of your story. Yeah, I I don't know timeline wise how exactly how old I was, but uh, Hanukkah uh, the holiday. I have such a distinct memory of going to the Rodman's house, one of our family friends, and we had a group of like maybe eight families that would do all these holidays together. So we'd go over to their house and just stacks of opened up Safeway bags with latkes in between. Okay. And I'm talking like four or five layers and use those bags to soak up all the grease. And the smell of mm. frying latkes to that, like, because there was probably 40 people. So you got to make a lot of latkes. Yeah. Uh, so that smell and that visual is always something that's like ingrained in my mind. And the, the smell of that first 
It's the latka of the Yankees. Mm. How do you make a traditional latka? Is it like a hash brown or no? no? It's, it, well, it's kind of a hybrid of a hash brown and a pancake. Oh, uh, okay. So you kind of, you know, the recipe I've kind of found that I like is I grate potatoes on like one on like a hash browny one and then one on the one that kind of makes it a pulp. Okay. I do like half and half. Sure. Grate an onion in there, maybe a couple cloves of garlic, uh, salt it, and then squeeze out all the juice. And dump out that juice and then use that pulpy potato with like flour, eggs, onion. Um, you can uh, kind of put whatever seasonings you want in and then fry them up in, in, um, in a cast iron with a Oh, little. okay. Yeah. But the best. The best. Sour cream. And so I, I truly don't know enough about like Jewish foods, but I know that it's, you know, food is a big part of ceremonies oh, and yeah. celebrations. Um what I mean, how, what was that kind of like in your family? Are that what are what are some kind of foundational things for you? Yeah, well, you just kind of grow up with once a year on this day, we're gonna have this meal, yeah. And you know, like after after Yom Kippur when you fast, always bagels and lox and kugel. Kugel's like a casserole of egg noodles with milk and eggs that bind it, and it's kind of sweet. You put like cornflakes and raisins in it and stuff. Um, so I, you just know every year. I'm having this meal. And then you can kind of look forward to them, and these traditions become really ingrained in you. And um, Have you ever had, I think it's called shakshuka? Oh, yeah. Is that right? Shakshuka? Shakshuka? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had it. I've had it on the menu. I've all sorts of It's a big storyline on the Real Housewives of New York this season. Oh, my goodness. And I was wondering, like, how it gets made. Like, what's in it? Well, it's traditionally peppers and tomatoes and onion, and you kind of make, like, a, a zingy uh, red sauce, kind of. Okay. Uh, and you can like braise kale in there. You can have chunks of peppers and onions, and then you crack eggs into it and then bake it. So it's like this red sauce with like eggs. Almost like a frittata. No, oh. more like more like uh, chips and dip. Like you have this saucy uh, red stuff sauce, and then the eggs that are just barely cooked that you can kind of like almost like a poached egg inside. So it's like oh, sauce and and whole I see. eggs. Okay, almost. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then you serve it with like grilled ciabatta bread and mm, yeah, great little brunch. Yeah, yeah. nice little brunch <laughs> item. Do you cook a lot of that stuff, or do you, does your mom do a lot of that? Like, were, were you in the kitchen during a lot of those kind of celebratory I w- meals? I was, like, late, definitely, like, high school to, um, you know, through culinary school. I uh, was definitely pretty involved with helping with those holidays because I'd have time to be able to be home for them and, and whatnot. Um, but these days, I, I don't do nearly as much cooking anywhere outside <laughs> of uh, what I get paid to do. Sure. So it's, um, I'm actually going to cook dinner tonight for my mom. Okay. Uh, she's taking nice. care. Of, she's taking care of my daughter right now, so I'm gonna make some some summer pasta for them and some Caesar salad, and we're gonna chill out. That sounds great. What's yeah. what's in the summer pasta? Uh, she bought some eggplant and squash and corn and some ricotta. So I think I may like do a lemony sauce with it, and then undercook it and bake it with some dollops of ricotta and parm on top, and let it get crispy, kind of like a white style baked baked pasta. Hell yeah. Yeah. Because she wanted lasagna. I'm like, Mom, I'm not going to have time. I don't want to make lasagna. (laughs) She needs to rest for 30 minutes. Like, come on. I got a a (laughs) two-year-old. Let's go. Love you, Mom. Uh, Speaking of, I mean, like, how... What is your kind of changed... um, or how do you interact with food now that you're a parent? How do you, you know, what, yeah. is, what is that like? Are there things that Hattie hates or loves or? <laughs> it's such, I mean, the first two years, man, everything and anything she would, she would at least try and usually eat. That's it was, wonderful. It was great. But then she turned two and yeah. like now it's, I mean, I could spend, when I could spend time, my wife especially spends time making her meals and thinking about what she's eating and trying not to give her the same thing and making stuff instead of buying, you know, pre-made or whatnot. And then you can spend all this time, and she literally will not even touch it. Like, not even look at it and just be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but... Um, so so that that kind of dynamic, and, and, you know, cooking is definitely more functional now than than uh, frivolous or fun. Uh, and and I try maybe once a month, twice, twice a month if I'm lucky, I'll cook, you know, a nice meal for the family. Uh, but a lot, I mean, majority of the meals my wife and I eat are bag salads from Trader Joe's. Yeah, you know, a lot of Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Yeah. 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 This body is fueled by Trader Joe's. Uh, do you have any like go-to's when you do get the chance to cook? We've been doing these fried, doing like almost a katsu-style fried pork loin. Nice. Uh, Met Market has this delicious like pre-portioned 
great marbling pork that I just bread it with panko and fry it up and we have it with salad or we have it with some polenta or whatever we want. Yeah. Uh, but we've had that a couple times and it's been a favorite. It's, <laughs> it's pretty easy. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, you know, I love kind of learning how, like, you know, what people or how, how, how food kind of plays a part in every aspect of people's lives. And, um, you know, what, you know, I know as chefs, we don't take that many sick days, but, oh, yeah. you know, what do you have any, do you have any kind of comfort meals that you go to when you're sick or you're having a bad day or? Sounded like such a Jew. Matzo <laughs> <laughs> ball soup is, I don't know if there's a better food, like the soft texture, the salty, delicious broth, it's hot. I mean, that one definitely gets me when I'm when I'm feeling down. And pho, pho on the regular, when, when Coco and I are feeling under the weather, we get some, some pho or some like... Do you have a favorite pho place? I mean, Tan Brothers is kind of our everyday easy, but... Yeah. Uh, there's a spot in Belltown. What is it called? I'm. I don't think I'm gonna get a single name right. On this <laughs> it's it's yeah. okay. Uh, but super good, and they have this like um, Szechuan style pho, okay. and that when I'm feeling stuffed up is just a miracle work. It bur- bur- burns you right yeah. out. Yeah. There was that place that uh, when we were living on Quinian. What was that called? That soup that was like. Uh, it, like was, uh, it was it was it was it was it was like a spicy dumpling soup at the place just around the corner. From Orpin? Wolf. Yeah, Orpin. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, had a, they had some good soups. They had a duck soup that was banging too. Yeah. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's probably that's soups of some sort, aromatic kind of. But thank yeah, I don't get sick too often. Sure. Okay, <laughs> you still get sick, you guys. It's just whether you, or not you use guys. Use guys. <laughs> use guys. Yeah. We, um, and on the flip side of that, do you have any foods that you go to when you celebrate? Any things that you kind of like, ooh, this is this is a special occasion. I, w- I want this. Usually, well, like if I'm cooking, steak or ribs. <laughs> <laughs> right there with you, buddy. Oh, <laughs> my yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll do, I'll do, especially because ribs, you'll walk in the store and they'll be on sale for like so $2. Cheap. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I'll buy one, get one yeah. free too. Um, so... Ribs are a fun one because, especially if I know I'm going to be hanging around the house all day, just have them, I'll, I'll do them in the oven for like seven hours and then kiss them on the grill and they're just yum. Uh, but then uh, buying buying a steak and, and grilling out grilling out steak and corn and baked potato or something like that. Yes. We love that basic bitch. <laughs> no, so no. good. Yeah, cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you like to eat when you're drunk? Mm. Chips and dip, for sure. <laughs> uh, and and I'll, I'll, I mean... I'll crush a burger. Yeah. I'll, I like I'll inhale it and fries and a milkshake and whatever else <laughs> yes. they put in front of me. What yeah. makes what makes a perfect burger for you? Oh. I've done so I many burgers. Say you're an expert. Well, That's right. As some with Max, we I mean we aren't done with this burger. It's sure. always always <laughs> getting looked at, always getting refined. And I apologize that I haven't been in, but this is this is a smash burger, right? Yeah, so okay. smash style. It's not like a a crazy smash there's still you know a little bit of depth to the patty in some areas where you can get some some of that meaty but it definitely has that crispy wispy edges and i've definitely enjoyed that salad burger more than a big thick grilled hockey pucky kind of uh burger so I, i definitely like the thinner patty i like two patties i like a good melton um that um american cheese is is has a time and a place and that is that is both i like a special sauce um, and give me some. I like the In and Out. You know how they have the. I don't know. Have you had In and Out? Yeah, yes, okay, I have. No. Not in a while, but yeah. But uh, their their lettuce is a big hunk of lettuce, not shredded. It's like two or three layers of it. It's ice cold. I love that. You gotta, yeah, that like contrast. Crunch through. Yeah, it. and and to, especially if you're aggressively seasoning the ground beef like you should be. Yeah. Like you need something to be like. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so <Some> relief. <laughs> this is intense. Yeah. Um. I definitely, I definitely waver on the burgers. Like yeah. if I, like if I'm out having a good time, you know, like or drinking, like a smash burger is usually what I want. Just yeah. something, something crushable, delicious, got all you know, messy, Four covered. Good bites. Yeah. yeah, super cheesy. Uh, but I, I, def- I definitely like. I mean, I, I like a hockey puck burger. I like, yeah. I like a good like mid, mid, mid rare like chunky burger that you gotta really work your way through like the red cow Dude, burger that was burger, pretty good like that was I forgot that was about song. that burger that was <laughs> I was, so I was trying to remember did it have collab- it, it was the a collaborate and aioli right yeah, collaborate and chili aioli it was the bacon cheese, the bacon the, um, that cheese from um, Beecher's yeah and caramelized onions that's right 
and we'd use all. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good. That ale, that ale we ate good. a lot of those. <laughs> <ate> so many. <laughs> does that feel like a lifetime ago? It sure does. <laughs> it it's it's sure the first does. year that we were together, so That's almost cr- ten years. Yeah, coming up on a decade. That's <laughs> cool. These guys. These, These guys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no right here. <laughs> I'll join the party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. You've kind of, you know, done a little bit of dabbling in both, you know, fine dining and, you know, casual food. What, you know, where do you land? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you prefer to eat and what do you prefer to cook? Mm. You know, like, because they're two very different experiences. Yeah. I probably prefer casual. I think there's a time and a place for high-end and fancy meals and, and making a deal of it. But uh, not so many times or places in my life right now. Um, so would you say you prefer the staple to the fancy? <laughs> yeah, yes, oh, yes, I would. <laughs> yes, I'd say. I, I remember. I'd say Great, that. we found something to cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Finally. A month into Michael working at Stable and Fancy, I said to him, wait, that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Does, she die? Does she dye her hair? Or is it... Yeah. Also, can I just say, does everyone know this smash burger term? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a thing these days. Oh, so, well, okay. and it's kind of one of those ones that you could maybe put together if you don't know exactly what it means. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe but maybe burger. not. Uh, well, I don't think we should be assuming everyone. <laughs> That's a great idea. Sure. <laughs> um, are there any foods that you dislike? Celery is one on my wow. list that I don't... Like you don't like ants on a log? No, I, I would say I don't like celery. I use it. I yeah. understand it. I don't mind celery root. It's that vegetal greenness to it that just doesn't jive with my my mouth. Wow. But not really. I mean, but again, if if someone's making a good dish and has celery, and I'm yeah. gonna, I'm not gonna pick it out. So, so, like so I, I think celery came to me late. Like I used to be like, it's nothing. It's water. Yeah. It's a, it's green water. You know, yeah, <laughs> like I don't, sure. I don't get that was it. Cucumbers. You know, it goes, it goes in stock great. But yeah. then like I started playing with like, there's a lot you can do with cucumber. Like uh, even just like lightly salted, it kind of breaks down just enough yeah. to like play with. But you know, it's a right, celery. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if I had, if I had the same one. <laughs> um. What's the wildest thing you've ever eaten? Anything, any, any anything oh. strange, unique? I mean, not really. Yeah. <laughs> some intestines, some test. I I, co- I mean, I got a whole goat and cooked up the nuts, and they were they like full organs and everything. Yeah, that, yeah. that was from Skinny Kitty Farms. Have you ever heard? Of? I know of them. Yeah, yeah. Dave over there, he was doing some animals, and uh, I got one in that had a wolf, and we ran a little Rocky Mountain Oyster special for a day with some like fermented hot sauce. It was cool, good. But I, I definitely ate those when I was prepping them. Yum. Um, <clears throat> what is a Rocky Mountain That's Oyster special? The, 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 the testicles. Oh, okay. So, the ha- so then you had to have multiple of them, right? It wasn't well, it comes to they come. Go. They come they two come at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do get something. Okay. Um, no, I just ran. I had six of them. Six orders. Oh. You don't. You're not like I wasn't serving. And then a how is that prepared? Well, so, how would one uh, might eat that? I br- I brine them to pull out any of the kind of yuckiness that can be in organs and yeah. and offal, and then poach them in like a court bouillon, and then slice them probably quarter half inch thick, and just gave them a really light dredge, and then fried them up. Delicious. Yeah. With, I, I think it, I've never had them, but it, it could have it could have had celery on it. To be honest, like pickled, <laughs> pickled celery yes. and a fermented hot sauce, yeah. uh, and you know some other some other jazz. Hell yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, what hot sauce are you making at the at the shop? Um, right now, none. Uh, but I have my eyes. We we make a one of our dishes always has hot sauce. The cauliflower chili quiles gets tossed in like a honey jalapeno hot sauce. Oof. Not fermented, but sure. we're always making that hot sauce. Um, I used a little bit of leftover sea buckthorn and serrano chili uh, hot sauce for that tapenade on top of the black cod too. Okay. Um, but I'll probably be getting some of those. I love those ahis. I saw your your grandson. <laughs> like they're they're so good. So I'll probably do a big batch of fermented for something down there. Probably oysters. It's yeah. so nice to make the hot sauce now. For us, we only, you know, I tend to only serve oysters kind of in September at the earliest. So get the oysters in and then have the fermented hot sauce from, you know, the month before. It's nice. Primo. I do, yeah. I do apologize if you can't get them from Evergreen United because I might have bought them all. <laughs> hey, good, good on you, dude. I'm pretty, I'm, I, like, I was, I was trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm pretty sure every year, the last two years at least, I'm bringing in like 
250 pounds of peppers. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> just making giant, giant batches of hot sauce. It's, isn't it the, it's the best. <laughs> it's it's so fun. And, like, we, can, we use them in all sorts of different stuff. And, like, you know, we've been dehydrating the pulp for, like, powder that yeah. we, like, garnish with stuff. Um, I recently started uh, curing eggs in the pulp. So you can cure Whoa. egg yolks in the pulp. Because it makes that with salt? Or... I didn't. I didn't the first time, yeah. uh, but it was kind of hard to pack. So I, I did it another time and kind of basically made like a sand. Yeah, with the wet uh, pulp. Yeah, from but all it. of that, like the natural salt that's already in there, yeah. gives them a spice. It's so cool, dude. You got to yeah. try it. And <laughs> did you cure them to like grating consistency or more kind of pulpy, like soft? Softish. I was trying to get them to grading consistency, so yeah. it, it it went like three days. I had to flip them because it was like oh, yeah. getting wet in there. So like flipped them, put a little bit more salt on top, um, and then dehydrated them one night just yeah. to kind of set them For in. Sure. But I mean, it's like we did that with a um, like a espalette hollandaise roasted asparagus, shaved oh, yeah. Fresno egg on top. I mean, yeah. it was so good. Yeah. Benedict vibe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. I love good Benedict. Which Holl- is... which is a, Hollandaise sauce? Which like... is a really, really good segue to this next little bit. So okay. we are into our next segment, if you're ready to keep going. That sounds so good. I'm buckled uh, in. <laughs> we are at the pass, uh, okay. which is kind of a... A fun little game segment, um, which I kind of try try to make as like an honor to the fun conversations and banter we have in oh, kitchens yeah. <laughs> and in between the front of house and the back of house. Everybody who's working in the restaurant. Um, so we've got three categories: uh, fuck, Mary kill, okay, uh, a zombie apocalypse scenario, and would you rather's. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> and delicious. <laughs> And Hollandaise leads us right into our breakfast-themed Fuck, Mary Kill. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, Fuck, Mary Kill. Pancakes, waffles, French toast. That's a good one. I'd marry French toast. Mm, wow. Because okay. okay. she's crispy and silky, <laughs> and she can be so diverse. Yeah. Do a lot with French toast. I fuck a waffle, <laughs> and I kill yeah. a pancake. <laughs> it's just pancake. I mean, yeah. it's just I've had good pancake. I mean, I like a pancake. Yeah, well, crispy waffle. Oh, so good. Around. But but French toast, especially. I have some childhood memories with French toast. It's just such a good good dish. Any any particular like so what 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 what's your what's your memory? So my grandma Ruth, who lived in L.A would make she didn't cook at all but okay. she made french toast and she made the shit out of french toast <laughs> it was her make, one thing like when me and my brothers were staying there she'd make yeah. pretty much the whole loaf she'd go through probably two sticks of margarine <laughs> she fried in margarine yeah. yes and you know it was aunt jemima syrup but it just was the best french toast is really good yeah, yeah. i don't really have it that often but when i think about it it would be nice to have it more <clears throat> no, I'm the Intense. breakfast person. Hard, uh, hard. Yeah. Uh, just curious, how do you feel about Aunt Jemima compared to like other syrups out there, or, or just ma- like maple syrup, like real, like maple real syrup, like yeah. real syrup? Yeah. I've I've grown to I I've grown to understand where where that real maple syrup tastes like and what it's all about versus the corn syrup that Aunt Jemima's is but there's such a, especially with like the fake butter flavor it's pretty it's pretty good I mean it's for, for me it brings me back like that's that's what we used in our household was oh, Aunt yeah. Jemima's and it was classic so good yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay next fuck Mary kill bacon sausage ham you didn't say what yours was oh I mean it very similar but I would I would marry waffles Mary waffles, fuck French toast, kill pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> I love waffles. Waffles are good. Get a little syrup in each of those little. Yeah, little, little and waffles. the butter uh, oh. when you have the right tempered butter, not too soft, but also. Mm, mm. All yeah. about it. Um, <laughs> Bacon sausage ham. I'd kill ham. <laughs> if we're talking about what I associate ham with for this kind of uh, sure. mentality, I mean, if you're talking prosciutto and all that stuff, <laughs> I have a harder time. But yeah, Breakfast ham. Prosciutto. I'm good on that. <laughs> I'm going to marry bacon because she's always there for you. She's crispy. She's fatty. She's delicious. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I'd, I'd fuck a sausage. Yeah. 
in all the ways. <laughs> How about you? Are you? Very very similar, but I think I'd marry sausage. Yeah. I I, I, I love a good breakfast like, sausage. Like a sweeter maple kind of breakfast sausage. Well, I like breakfast sausage. Like, I mean, you can do a lot with breakfast yeah. sausage. I like, you know, I like a good spicy one, yeah, you know, like yeah. a good, like, you know, kind of chorizo-y thing mm-hmm. with some eggs. Bacon I, I love, but, like, it's just not as not as it for me. Not as diverse. Yeah, either. and, yeah. I mean, I, I do love a good breakfast ham, like, a just a oh. good slab of, like, honey ham. Like, I'm, like that, sounds, that sounds good to me, but that's, you know, part of my dad was from the South, and yeah. so I have, I have the better associations I'm with I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> In case we forgot. Who loves bacon? <laughs> loves bacon. <laughs> okay, uh, fuck, marry, kill. Scrambled eggs, fried eggs, poached eggs. that's a hard one (laughs) I think I'd have to marry scrambled eggs she's been the longest love of my life and it's so good and fuck a fried egg (laughs) cause they're also so good and how can you have a breakfast sandwich without it Yeah. and kill a poached egg even though I I like poached eggs (laughs) they have a really good purpose but yeah Man, that's hard. See, I'm I I am i I'm gonna kill scramble. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> kill scramble. I'm gonna kill scramble. Like I do. Yeah, like you know, yolk. I've been I've been I've, yeah. But I I mean I, I love a yolk. It's it's important. And I think I'd marry fried eggs just because they're great. Yeah. And everything poached eggs. I'd you know. It's not delicious. If you fucking... killed a scrambled egg, though, could you never have an omelet? See, I think that kind of falls in there. Well, we're you know I think. Choosing to exclude omelet yeah, from I, I this because that. I I I omelet mean, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now uh, we are into the zombie apocalypse. Watch out, world! What are we gonna do? You can bring three canned foods with you to survive. What do you bring? Ooh, three canned foods. Definitely spam. Nice. Spam yeah. is spam is spam is coming. To survive, maybe some. Gar- I like garbanzo beans, and they're so good canned. Mm. I don't eat a lot of canned foods. <laughs> corn, probably corn. Those three. I feel like I can make. I can make some dishes out of some garbanzo beans, corn, and, and yeah, spam. Yeah, I I think spam is kind of a you you have if you're, to yeah, yeah if you're yeah, trying like, to survive yeah, yeah. you get your sodium and your protein yeah <laughs> that's what people will be fighting yeah. for. In what the are two? Stores. Are there two that others that I mean, like I would I would probably go for a canned tomato. Like oh, I like that I like that nice. you could you could do a lot with canned tomato, um, and like I don't know why like when I was coming up with this question the fir- one of the first ones that came to my head was like canned peaches, mm. and I don't really know why like and that's definitely got to be a southern thing but like it's like it'd be nice to have something that you could do savory you yeah. could do sweet you could, could have a bunch of different things beverages with the syrup exactly you know there's 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 some options there um, I think. Yeah, I think I'd probably do something I, like that. I like that. I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably take some peaches. <laughs> a, can, a canned peach syrup glazed spam. Ooh. I'm in. All right. Now we're talking. <laughs> um, in this you know, horrible world we're living in, you have the option to only cook with either a burner or an oven. Ooh. So forever. you do have options, though. But you do have options. Yeah. A couple of options. Burner or an oven? <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. It's uh, it's real fucked up. I'd probably say an oven. Ooh, okay. Because I feel like I could preheat something enough to fry in it or to, yeah, to, to can, get the, can... the, 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 the burner-ish side of things. But I don't know how I'd make a cake on a burner. Yeah. Can you make a cake in, like, a Dutch oven or something? There are breads, I think, that you could make um, on stovetop, but it'd be... Sketchy. Yeah. Really sketchy. <laughs> well, you could make a pancake. Oh! But we, we already killed them. Coming around. <laughs> They're already dead. Yeah, we, both, <laughs> we murdered them. Um, you, you know, like, I don't know. I, I might go burner. But like an oven, like Westwood's oven, you could, I mean, I could live the dream with just that. Yes. Would, would but fi- name, would name fire the equivalent a of, a, of a burner, that would be that good, you know? True. You can you can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wood fire oven. Mm. They're nice. They're nice. I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss the wood fire grill at Staple. Oh, that was that was my favorite tour. <laughs> um, you are only allowed to keep two spices in your pantry. Okay. 
feel like coriander has to stay okay i love coriander and i mean black pepper i feel like you kind of have to but maybe i prefer a paprika over that if i'm gonna keep one of the kind of peppery things probably coriander and paprika yeah because i can get you a lot of places yeah yeah I think I think I'd probably do cumin. I I, I use cumin, yeah, in, the, in, the, in a lot of things. I don't I don't know if I would go with a pepper or like like a like a black pepper. Yeah. Like I think I might want some heat. Yeah. You know, well, espalade or some chili. Yeah, yeah. yeah. been my go-to so lately. Good. It's just it's 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 tart. Yeah. It's tart. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that. Yeah, probably probably an espalette and some and some cumin, something yeah. like that. Can uh, I bring my everything bagel seasoning? I think that's a good hack. I think that is that is that is a worthy <laughs> I should exception. Say it. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, would you rather have a gluten allergy or a dairy allergy? Oh, and I just said dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say a gluten allergy because I feel like the replacements for gluten at this point are at a place better than the dairy replacements for the things I love like cheeses and whatnot. And I, I just say but I, a, there's some with great... a dairy allergy, usually like hard cheeses you can eat. I mean, there's like workarounds. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have sourdough. I know. You have a gluten allergy. I understand, but it's it's shitty either way. These are bad. These are bad. Qu- it's his fault. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I and I and I, I think I might agree with you. Just because, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I would, I would be desperate without gluten. Yeah. But I, th- but I think that there, are, you know, like, you know, there are other, you know, types you can use for like making pasta. Yeah, there's you plenty know, of substances. Michael, I can barely get you to have a cauliflower crust because <laughs> he doesn't have to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Nobody's got a gun pointed to his head. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the guest. I don't have to answer. That. <laughs> uh, and you know, the, I mean, the next two are, are going to be the real heavy hitters. Aye, aye, aye. So, uh, would you rather live in a world without hot dogs or hamburgers? Hot dogs. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I could live without eating another I mean, I, hot dog. Another hot dog for the rest of my life. I do think I might agree with <laughs> yeah. you, but that was way too fast of an answer. Well, hot dogs are great. Hot dogs are fine. <laughs> hot dogs are fine. Yeah, don't don't tell my wife. I, <laughs> I was gonna say she's got a hot dog tattoo. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> You're in trouble and now. My, and Patty loves hot dogs. Yeah. Too. And I, I I might know the answer to this next one, but would you rather live in a world without ribs? chicken wings I would say ribs okay because chicken wings are we're all in agreement (laughs) chicken wings are just so I went to that vindictive wings last week I've heard of them haven't been yet really tasty yeah a tasty crispy like if I'm gonna make wings I'm gonna air on the crispy and a little overcooked at times is fine but crispy then a floppy but juicy perfectly cooked I want that crispy, and theirs were really nicely crispy. I just Good. like I. I mean, I'm 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 an animal love. I love eating animals and eating. There's something There's something about just I take, 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 yeah, taking apart a chicken wing that is just so satisfying. It's so delicious. <laughs> so delicious. And all so many different varieties. Yeah, we cook we cook like twenty eight hundred chicken wings at Zoo Bites a couple weeks ago. For shit. Fried them. <laughs> it was a zoo. What we what sort of sauce? What were you doing? It was like a Serrano fermented garlic honey nakcham that they were glazed in <gasps> with uh, pickled watermelon rind, watermelon radish, mint cilantro, and uh, chive salad, and then like a crispy chicken skin peanut crumble on top. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit, shit. slipped! <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was really good. That sounds. Awesome. But people, I mean, people literally waited forty minutes, so it was. It, if it didn't slip, it had, it, it, it had, it had to be yeah. perfect. We, we stayed like forty minutes late cooking because we had sure. we had the problem. We just couldn't cook fast enough. I was like, that's so that's many cool. wings. Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. How many fryers? Uh, like four baby fryers. Four <laughs> little tabletops. Little like, they were. I par. I par cooked them. Sure. Uh, and then we were just doing like a little dredge and frying them, but it was still like a two three minute fry, and it was. The line. I mean, there was 3,500 people at the event. It's yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Would not want to live in a world without wings. No, no, no. Wings are too, too good. 
and too accessible. Like they're just easy. We buy them. We get the Costco like little eight pack and have yeah. them in the freezer and they're party wings. Hell yeah, love a good party wing. Let's party. <laughs> Let's party. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, David, before we kind of wrap things up, um, you know, we usually ask what you're going to eat next, but it sounds like you've got a great dinner ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got, I got, I'm making it. I got, I got a nice little pasta, pasta ahead of me. And, uh, yeah, hopefully my daughter eats it. I love it. We'll we'll cross our fingers. Um, what is your, what is your death row meal? What was your final supper? What what was the last taste you want to leave this earth, earth with? It's a t- I mean, there's two things that come to my mind right away. Uh, maybe, man, fried chicken, like chicken supply, fried chicken with some garlic rice and hella sauces. I haven't done chicken supply yet. Dude. I need to. It, Donnie's over there, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's so good. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, so fried chicken or pizza like a good pepperoni pizza and caesar salad i'd be super stoked on having it as my last meal what's your what's your favorite pizza in seattle <sighs> see i haven't gotten to try a lot there, there's a lot of new ones <laughs> that are out there but like delancey for like a, a kind of a fancier nicer style pie um i really love that pizza i think it's got the the right ratio of char to fluffy chew to it and they're they they kill it so that's probably up there but what i order all the time is pagliacci we we order pagliacci every other week or so and their pepperoni pie hits every spot yeah it's so good good. (laughs) they're down here uh there there is one down here but we usually get what's it called papa murphy's nope no we have uh what's it called what is it called it's gonna drive me crazy it's not palace pizza palladia <laughs> Pizza gallery. Nailed it. Nice whiteboard, guys. Mise en place. Yes, a little spot down here in White Center. And yeah. It's just kind of it's consistent. Good. It's like slightly. It's the first slightly, thing that we had when we moved here. Yeah, okay. our, the, 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 the woman who sold the house bought, bought us. Um, oh. Like our moving day, yeah. Um, nice, like chunky, kind of thicker, thicker pizza, but it's it holds up, holds up it pretty hits. well. But I mean, yeah. I'm also a Domino's guy. Like oh. that's it, you know. Yeah. I, I guess <laughs> also I, childhood memories. I guess I do now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, David, before we get you out of here, anything you want to plug? Anything that you're working on? Anything you're excited about? Anything? Uh, no, come come down to Eden Hill if you want to uh, eat some food. I'll cook it. I'll be, it'll, it'll, I'll be there. <laughs> it'll be delicious. Uh, Tasting menu at Eden Hill. It's definitely going to be in our future. Yeah. Sure. Would love that. Come cozy up at the bar with me. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that about wraps us up. Clam David, shut. <laughs> clam shut. David, thank you for being here. For Absolute what pleasure. are you eating? <laughs> we love you. <Yay>! Cheers. <laughs> much for listening to another episode of the bashful clam presents what are you eating please make sure to like and subscribe rate and review all the things that the podcast asks you to do and please follow us on social media at the.bashful.clam you can also help support our cause by helping donate towards a better recording setup and new microphones via venmo at the bashful clam or purchasing a shirt or a hoodie on Tee Public, they're pretty sweet designs, by the way, with the store name The Bashful Clam. We also ask that you please send in your feedback. We get the great privilege each week to interview great guests, but we want to hear from our listeners. What sort of snacks are you munching on while you listen? What sort of burning questions do you have for our guests? What sort of games would you like to see us play? We want to know what you are eating. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you.